Hello, and welcome to Friends for Life, a podcast of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod's Life Ministry. We're sharing the stories and insights of real people living out God's love for the people He's created. We hope you'll stick around and be our friends for life. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Tiffany Manor, and joining me in the studio today is Pastor Matthew Durance. We're going to be talking about using the divine service to teach on life issues. Uh, Welcome so much to Friends for Life. Thank you very much for having me. Well, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? We like to be pretty casual here. Tell us about your other vocations beyond being a pastor. Absolutely. Um, well, so I'm Michigan native, um, grew up Midland, um, wanted to be an engineer, <laughs> didn't work out, decided later, wanted to go into the ministry, um, served as a pastor um, in the ELCA for three years. Um hmm. Came into the Missouri Synod in 2017 um, and served two parishes in Kansas and now currently serving Zion Lutheran uh, Church and School in Harbor Beach, Michigan. Um, My wife, Janessa, and I have four children, um, two boys and two girls. So we did that well. (laughs) Evenly evenly matched if there's, you know, going to be a a vote on anything and it goes down, you know, the (laughs) the party lines, you're going to see a parent gets to break the tie then. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But I guess outside of church, um, I enjoy golfing and uh, my wife and I and our kids, we like to, we try to go one major camping trip at least once a Mm -hmm. year. And so we're planning that, see where we're going to end up going this year and as as many pastors know, um, we typically don't have much of a life outside of the out of the ministry, and I and that's by choice. I'm not yeah. saying that because we, you know, our work to the bone. Some of us may be, but um, we certainly uh, enjoy our work as pastors. Mm-hmm. We enjoy hearing God's word, reading God's word, studying it, um, talking about it. Um, my congregation will tell you that that uh, get pastor going on something, and he'll talk your ear off. So. <laughs> Well, that's that's great to have you on, and we, you can talk my ears off and our listeners' ears off when we when we think about um, yeah, uh, cultivating life in congregations and, and particularly in the divine service. So you've done a lot of of study and thinking about this. What is it that uh, you know both lay people and pastors you know should think about with the divine service when it comes to life issues? What should they know? Well, the thing that we want to begin with when we talk about the divine service is the very words that we use to describe it, divine service, that it is God coming to us. The Lord brings us his gifts in word and sacrament, the gospel uh, preached, absolved, baptized, given and shed in the altar. All of these things are the Lord's work that he gives to us. And so when we begin and think about the divine service, we have to understand that um, this is not something that just sort of came together out of human imagination or human reason. When we look at the history, particularly of the divine service, um, from the book of Acts in the second chapter, when they were uh, gathering together for prayer to read uh, the scriptures, to receive the body and blood of Jesus, all the way to um, the medieval times when we start to see the Western Rite really start to bring in all of these 
uh, heterodox things mm-hmm. and Luther comes along in the Reformation and he says, you know, there's the gospel's there, but it's been buried underneath all this stuff. And he reformed the liturgy. We, we like to think of Luther, you know, he is the reformer. He brought the gospel back. But even then, the divine service as we have it has mostly remained intact and understood to be God's gift. So when we talk about life and life issues in particular, that's where we want to start. That if the Lord, who is the author of life, who gives life, gives to us his gifts, which bring us the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, that's what Luther says in the Catechism, then we can use the things that we do in the divine service to teach. We can use these things, whether it's making the sign of the cross, whether it's folding our hands to pray, whether it's holding out our hands, kneeling at the altar rail to receive communion, all of these things, singing the hymns and the canticles of the church, all of these things have a great trove of uh, things to discuss and explore in regards to who we are, who God is, and how he comes to us to redeem us and strengthen us and bring us life, not just in body, but in soul. Wow, that's, you know, as Lutherans, we we recognize we're receiving so many gifts in the divine service, and that's so different than how other Christians approach a worship service. They they see it as, um, you know, oftentimes an, an act of sacrifice that they're making or, or something that, that they're offering to God. So it's flipped on its head from um, how our, our brothers and sisters in Christ and um, who confess the faith differently approach uh, a worship service. So it's, um, you know, of, of course it, it seems like a, a much stronger um, tie to all of our life when we recognize what God is doing, what God is giving to us. So it makes it more natural then um, when we're thinking about the divine service and, and all of the life issues that we face in our in our daily lives, you know, day in and day out in, in the culture and the society around us. Absolutely. Um, and Along those lines as well, Lutherans, we, we get a bad rap when it comes to this, that our our divine service, because it's repetitive, because it's mm. the same thing week in and week out, that ironically, we're actually seen as having no life at all, that it's not uh, spontaneous, it's not spirit-driven, it's not giving God the full praise and glory and wonder for all the things that he does, and I want to kind of help dispel that when we think about the divine service because we do respond to God in the divine service. Mm -hmm. We are not just passive recipients in this. That is the main part. We do receive from God. But I don't remember where I had first heard this, but it is a conversation with the Lord that he comes to us, speaking to us, revealing himself to us. We respond to that in praise and thanksgiving and all of these things that um, we are accused of not having in our <laughs> services. I mean, the Gloria in Excelsius, mm-hmm. that, that's giving glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. That's the song of the angels. And if we talk about life, it's important to note, when did the angels sing that song? When, when were those words first heard by men and then recorded in sacred scripture? the Lord's birth, the nativity, when God himself became flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem. 
The angels are crying out. They can't hold back their excitement and joy that God has actually taken on human frame to redeem his people, to bring them life. That's one of the the theme verses um, that when I was thinking about this presentation and this topic was uh, from the Gospel of John when Jesus says, I came that they may have life and life abundantly. Um, He came in human form. He came as a man. The incarnation is not just for Christmas. No, right? no. Yeah, it, it, Christ coming in the flesh, you know, his embodiment in, in the human flesh is something that's, you know, manifested throughout the life of the church. And, um, you know, for us to understand how our bodies are important and how we treat um, other people around us. Absolutely, absolutely. Um we're in the season of Lent as we're recording this now. It's very ironic's not the word, but um, it is interesting that in the midst of the Lenten season on March 25th, we celebrate the Annunciation mm-hmm. when God is coming and says by the angel Gabriel to Mary that you are going to be the mother of God. You're in your womb is going to be conceived the savior of the world. We're we're in this Lenten season where we're looking to the crucifixion. We're looking to Holy Week. We're looking to Easter uh, after uh, this walk through uh, the sufferings of our Lord and what he did for us, the joys of Easter. All of that Christmas comes to mind again Mm -hmm. when we have the Annunciation. And then for those who like Christmas in July, you have the visitation. <laughs> the visitation, right. Yeah. All, all of these things, life, is it's so, I guess I'm, how do I want to say this? It's, it's so amazing how, to your point, Christmas is woven into the entire church year and, and this, these two high festivals of Christmas and Easter, they just keep coming up again and again and again throughout the church year, whether it's a festival, whether it's a commemoration, or um, even the divine service itself, Sunday morning, is a mini festival of the resurrection. Every single Sunday is a festival of the resurrection. So I want to think about that too with the some of the points of the divine service, some of the, the canticles that we have, we talked about, I brought up the Gloria and Excelsius, that this is at the beginning of the divine service, the service of the word, when the congregation is responding to God's mercy and the forgiveness of sins through the Kyrie and the confession and absolution, that we are centering ourselves in this reality that God has shown favor to his people, he has shown mercy to his people by his coming into the flesh to to live among us and to offer himself up as the perfect sacrifice, that points to us that value and sacredness of human life, that God does not despise the things which he creates. And especially in our culture when we're talking about the human body and what is a man, what is a woman, Mm -hmm. and all the confusion that's coming up around that. The glory in Excelsius, by the very words that it proclaims, by by the proclamation of what God has done, and when this takes place, not only in the Gospels, but also in the divine service, it shows 
to us that God has a soft spot for his creation. He made it. He he loves man. He loves woman. He created them in his image in the garden. And and so we can show our confession as saying our bodies matter because God took upon himself a human body to offer it up as a sacrifice for us so that we, not just in spirit, but body and soul, would be redeemed and live eternally with him in heaven. That That's what this is all about. And so when you're moving through the service of the word and you have this amazing canticle and you have the collect of the day and you have these uh, readings of scripture, we hear the word of God through our ears, ears that, you know, have flesh and they have <laughs> bones and all these things that um, can take those sound waves and give to us life by the hearing of God's word. The Holy Spirit is working through physical means, human ears. And, and now uh, for someone who was formerly serving in deaf ministry, I'll say even the human eyes for those who are mm-hmm. receiving the, um, the word in American Sign Language. You know, Absolutely. We, op- we often brought that up. You know, it's it, it's the ears as well as the eyes that, that people receive the word. Right, yeah. right. But through your, your body, through right. your, the members that, of your body that God created. Right. And, of course, the restoration that God is going to give through his word mm-hmm. in the resurrection. Um Ears will be opened, you know. Eyes mm-hmm. will, the blind will see. Uh, bodies will that that uh, have been corrupted under the weight of sin will be restored. Mm-hmm. That though those those ears, you know, the Lord still provides His means. He still gives a way to for for those to receive His word who can't hear. But in the resurrection, you're going to hear those words, mm-hmm. and it's going to be glorious. Um, as as all of the weight of sin is going to be removed, um, so we 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 make our way towards the service of the sacrament, mm-hmm. which there again, at the risk of being redundant, it's centered on the Lord's incarnation, because it, it is the very body and blood of Jesus, and there there really is. Again, it's amazing. To, to think of it this way, that the Lord puts all of these things in human history, in the means of grace, in a very particular way, that at Bethlehem, in the house of bread, the Lord is placed in a manger, place where cattle go and eat. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord in his body is placed in the manger, in the house of bread. Now, in the sacrament, at the holy altar, we receive that same body and blood of Jesus in the bread and the wine that he he intends to give to us himself fully bodily um, for the forgiveness of sins that this is the focal point of why we gather and together in the divine service it's why we can say with confidence that we are in the presence of God because he is speaking to us, he is standing in our midst, and at the altar he gives himself uh, for us to receive um, in a very intimate way uh, that even many Christians can't 
fully incorporate and understand what what that actually means. Um, and it is something that's that's lost when we when we have other Christian traditions that their worship service is is very much centered on the word, very much centered on um, the preaching and prayer and the reading of scripture, missing this very critical component of Jesus comes to you in another way, not not just in this spiritual, but but in in this way of word, but he comes to us through physical means here as well. I've been pretty uh, blatant in in my remarks about um, having life Sundays and how it's really good to have like say a one Sunday a year where you're focused on on life issues. But what I'm hearing you describe is that every Sunday is a life Sunday, and and I. You know, that is really where I would prefer that all um, Christians, all Lutherans understand that we don't um, just confine thinking about life issues one Sunday a, a year or one day a year. Um, and so this understanding of the divine service as teaching about life every single Sunday is, you know, just something that makes me very, very happy, you know, to hear taught. Um, you know, you haven't brought up the sermon. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people think about. Oh, well, we're going to. Um, if, if we're going to focus on life issues, it'll be the pastor teaching in the sermon. And uh, I don't think that very often we stop to think about the, the other um, elements of the liturgy that teach us about life over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, you made a good point about Life Sunday. Um, the church year, we, we touched on it a bit, but the church year really is an opportunity over and again to teach on life. Um now we at, at Zion at our church we use the the one year lectionary, um, so I'm not too familiar where this may come up in the three year if it comes up in the three year, um, but for us uh, one year the second Sunday of Epiphany is always the wedding at Cana, mm-hmm. and so that's always an opportunity, uh, at least for those congregations that use that lectionary, a time to speak on marriage, and. The, the epistle lesson for that day, which is St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 5, saying marriage, not only is it instituted by God, not only is it, is it a gift of God for husband and wife to enjoy um, and to bear fruit and to multiply and have children, um, if the Lord indeed blesses you with children, but it's a picture of a profound mystery. Mm-hmm. And I think those words are very unique that Paul says it's a profound mystery. Um, the the mysteries, if we don't want to divulge too much into that, but the the mysteries are often in other places in Paul's letters, means of talking about the sacraments. Um, and we're not assuming that marriage is a sacrament in any way, but I, when Paul uses that word, he's expressing something to say, this is important. You need to pay attention to this, that marriage is not just an institution that we've come up with to order society in some particular way out of the many different choices we can order society. This is given by God, and and God uses his relationship with the church as the perfect example for marriage. So coming to the divine service, when a father brings his wife and his children to church, he's not only fulfilling his duty as a a father and a husband, but he's also 
learning himself how when we come to to the Lord's house in the divine service, how are we receiving God? How are we coming to him? And what does he then bring to us? Or rather, let's put that around. God comes to us. How do we respond to him? The husband and the wife, they learn how to relate to each other. They learn how to care for one another. They learn how to understand these words that Paul says in Ephesians 5, sacrifice, mm-hmm. submit, these these words that neither male nor female, none of us want to do in our sinful flesh. How are these words understood in the relationship between Christ and his bride, the church? And so this is an opportunity to teach on marriage. And if there's people in our congregations who Again, under the weight of sin, they come from broken homes, broken families. Um, they don't know what a good spouse is. Um, or there's a rift between husband and wife or parents and children. Um, the divine service, the congregation gathering together is an opportunity to lead by example, to give a demonstration that, yes, our relationships through sin are not perfect. They're broken. God comes to fix that, but not only fix it later, but fixes it here and now through the giving of faith in his word. And he and He shows us how we are to live together as, a, as an example. You know, it's a marriage. It's a picture of a profound mystery. It's an example. But then there are plenty of other opportunities on other life issues throughout the church year. We've talked about the Annunciation, the Visitation. Um, in June, there's the Nativity of St. John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, yes, you have Christmas. We have Good Friday. We have Easter. We have all of these opportunities. And then plenty of times in the scriptures throughout the the green season, <laughs> the, the summertime months, to, to really get into some of these other issues that may not show up neatly in the, in the church year, talking about identity, male, female. What does it mean that we are man and woman? What does it mean that we're created by God? Baptism comes into play here, talking mm-hmm. about um, baptism as a washing, not just a spiritual cleansing, but a cleansing of the body. I mean, it's water poured on a human body, um, that God redeems us body and soul. All of this is to say that, and not speaking anything on, on you know, diminishing Life Sunday. Life Sunday is uh, uh, very much something that we should continue to do mm-hmm. wherever that works out well in your congregation. But uh, don't think that you have to cram it all in either on Life Sunday. You don't have to talk about every single one of these issues. Life Sunday, focus on several different things. Just focus maybe one year on Life Sunday on the word life. Mm-hmm. And and what does it mean when we talk about life, when we say that word? Um, and then the rest of the year, just build on that and, and explain those things further. Give an example. Uh, use, the, use the time in the divine service to teach and to, and to give an example and to demonstrate how some of these things work out, not just in, in theory – but in practice. 
That's fantastic. And you have taken us you know, through the divine service. You've taken us through the church year. Thank you so much, um, Pastor, for joining Friends for Life. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and don't forget to click the follow subscribe button so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. New episodes drop twice each month. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Friends for Life LCMS. And finally, listeners, we want to hear from you. Do you have an idea about a guest you'd like to hear from or a topic you want to talk about? Email us at friendsforlife at lcms.org. We want to hear from you about what you want to hear about when it comes to issues of life. Thanks for joining us. Friends for Life is a podcast that introduces listeners to life issues by introducing them to friends who stand for life. Life.